1: Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Hungry for a big win this week, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Just remember to use the code PHNX when you sign up. Cheers and here with Johnny Venerable. And uh, Johnny, how was your Halloween weekend? We got the weekend off because the Cardinals had that Thursday night game.
0: Yeah, it worked out well. Thank you. Happy to be here, Cheerson. I got to trick-or-treat with my wife and, and our two kids. We are uh, in a new construction area, which means all the homes look the same as ours. So my two-year-old daughter <laughs> kept trying to go into other people's houses and we would knock on the door <laughs> thinking it was our entryway. And I had to kind of play buffer every time and pull her out. Um, but other than that, it was good. Uh, but she was almost adopted like three or four times. <laughs>
1: What is it with Frankie always just getting into some trouble?
0: She's just goobing <laughs> everywhere. She's screaming. She's cli- she's full-blown, climbed out of her crib with both legs, her little chub <laughs> legs over. So we've got a mattress on the floor, a gate up in her entryway. And then we always find her asleep by the gate after she cries for about Aww. 20 minutes. It's just all easy things, you know, super low-key, stress-free at the venerable household right now. <laughs>
1: All right. So maybe a, maybe a weekend at home wasn't uh, the most relaxing thing, but we'll take it. <laughs> how, how was your weekend? <laughs> I had a great weekend. I had tons of fun. Uh, dressed my dog up as a mailman. His name's Newman. <laughs> so we dressed him up as Newman from Seinfeld and uh, had an absolute blast.
0: Awesome. Well, I saw uh, Nick in your costume combined uh, football and the field goal, and he went all out. Yours was yours was good, like we talked about. But you told me that he was going to be a full blown field goal post, and he was in fact that.
1: Yes, he did a great job and put in a lot of effort. I had him paint some white lines onto a T-shirt and called myself a football, and that was the <laughs> end of that. So,
0: <laughs> baby sex with you for Halloween. Yeah, so you'll get there.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of that Thursday night game, uh, it was seen by an average audience of 20.4 million across all platforms. So that's including Fox, NFL Network, others, making it the third highest Thursday night football viewership in the history of the Fox package. We all knew that all eyes were going to be on that game, and apparently they were.
0: Yeah. You know, the Packers draw, let's face it, their top five brand certainly in the, in the NFL, maybe in all of sports, uh, and you figure that they're going up against an undefeated team, people you would think want to watch Kyler Murray and the Cardinals operate. The, the amount of star power, even without Devontae Adams in this game, was significant. And I just think we've gotten a lot of kind of crappy Thursday night games as of late, the nationally televised games.
1: Oh, Thursdays you know, are the, the most, worst in general. Yeah,
0: usually we're getting a lot of Jags Titans. And so when you get, when you get two teams <laughs> with a combined one loss, uh, it's going to up eyeballs to the set and, um, you know, it's, it's good for the Cardinals. I know they didn't perform up to what we had hoped, what they had shown they're capable of through seven weeks of the season. But I, I do think that at the end of the day, this team on national TV, it's something you're going to have to get used to.
1: That, uh, Stat or quick fact coming from Bob McManaman of the Arizona Republic, by the way, I just want to make sure I give him credit for that. Saw that in one of his tweets Uh, before we get going on some more Cardinals talk. It was an interesting day of football yesterday, and it was a great day for backup quarterbacks. We could go down the list. Jets, Cowboys, Saints and Seahawks all getting wins with their backup quarterbacks. And it's just an interesting day all around.
0: I think it just speaks to how long the season is. I mean, and now you've added a game. So it's 17 weeks and you know, those teams you just mentioned outside of maybe the jets, I Seattle, who knows what to make of them, the Cowboys and the saints really with their performances kind of underscore the roster management that they've done at a high level. And it's kind of foreshadowing, shadowing a little bit what I think might happen with Arizona this weekend where the roster is sustainable and can overcome mediocre quarterback play. And if, in the case of Dallas, they got high level quarterback play from Cooper rush, but yeah, it's just the NFL is weird. It's hard to be on. I just kind of really emphasizes like that, that new England team that went undefeated back in the day in 2007, like to do that, to keep that focus with just grown adult men who have, you know, priorities outside of football, certainly. And they're competing priorities, tugging them every which way. And you just, you don't know what team's going to surface on any given Sunday. And it makes it, fun but at the same time if you're a gambler like like we are DraftKings Sportsbook app uh you, you know you, you may end up beat more times than not
1: yeah I think one of the actually I think the the Seahawks win was the least impressive out of all of them they were playing Jacksonville but the Jets upset the Bengals with a backup quarterback by the name of Mike White he had 405 yards and three touchdowns and there was, speaking of, of betting, there is a person that bet, I believe, for him to have the most passing yards of any quarterback in week eight at 20, 125 to 1 odds. And his payout would be a net $125,000. So he's hoping wow. that a, neither quarterback tonight beats that. If that's the case, that's a big winner right there. The The person wanted to stay anonymous. So I'm not sure. We're not sure who it is or, or what avenue they went through to it's place Shane, that it's bet. It's Shane
0: who works with us at PSNX. <laughs> yeah. He's got this bad. No, it's
1: not. That's insane. But as we were mentioning... If you want to get in on it, this is, I mean, these are the types of crazy amounts of money that you can win when you bet on sort of the underdogs in situations. Uh, if you haven't already downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app, do so using the code PHNX. But as always, it's Arizona only, 21 and over. Gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And- if you love what we're doing, if you've been listening to what we've, d- we've been doing over the last two months or so, you know wherever you get your podcasts, on our YouTube channel, you follow us on social media already, well, uh, the next step would be to become a member of our fam. We've got awesome articles up on our website behind the paywall. Uh, we've got our Discord channel. We've got promos that we usually talk about every week, discounts on, on uh, t- our t-shirts on phnxlocker.com if you are a member um, and if you sign up, you can either get a free t-shirt or your choice of the PHNX uh, of your choice. Free t-shirt of your choice from the PHNX locker or your first month for just 50 cents, depending on which option you choose. I feel like we've gotten to a point where um, sometimes we, we forget that that still exists. If you, if you haven't been, a, if you haven't become a member yet and you want to get a t-shirt, there you go what the hell are you doing if you're
0: not if you're listening to this podcast and you're not a member of our community at phnx well first of all thank you for listening but also head on over to the website check it out and you can just like Tristan said dip your toe in 50 cents that first month but you'll love it so you'll continue on and so do do yourself a favor and do the year for 50 what is it 59 98 i always get the cents mixed up there but then you get the free t-shirt which is awesome
1: All right, out of those backup quarterback performances, though, Johnny, which one impressed you the most?
0: I would say Mike White easily because you look at Cincinnati, they were close to, if not the best team, playing right now in the AFC. They had just dominated uh, an in-division rival in Baltimore. And then here's Mike White. I think the Jets certainly have the worst roster in the AFC. I think the Lions have the worst roster in the NFL. And for him to take that team with a coaching staff that really has yet to prove in anything and to go off for 400, four plus yards yep. in a game where nobody was expecting him to do much of anything. He throws three touchdowns and they were, they were pretty touchdowns. I mean, they weren't giving touchdowns guys running wide open and free. Um, you know, it's, it's the second most by a quarterback in his first NFL start. Uh, he's a former fifth round pick went to West Western Kentucky uh, yeah. back in the day. I actually remember watching him. Um, he, that's interesting because I, I was never a big Zach Wilson guy coming out of college. I thought he played a cupcake schedule at BYU. He just, to me, it's got a nice arm, but I he just doesn't look like a, a difference maker. You had a quarterback. Like there's a very good chance that Mike White is just a far better player right now. And I think that's, that's interesting. If he, if he, let's say he goes, you know, not undefeated, but he puts up monster numbers while Zach Wilson is out. Like if you're the jets, like what, what do you do? I, I think you got to roll with the hot hand.
1: Well, especially with their record and just their, I mean, they've just been a bad team for a long time now. I mean, if you found a quarterback that could get you some wins, you got to stick with him in my opinion, no?
0: Oh yeah. And like for that team too, like Zach Wilson, not only like he's he's, he has a baby face, he's super young. He looks like he's in eighth grade. And so I thought it would have been in their best interest this year to get a veteran anyway and start him for the first eight to 10 games and, you know, for whatever reason, they thought, let's just throw Zach Wilson out there in the AFC East. It'll work out. Well, it hasn't. And and so this young man's come in, 26 years old, been in the league uh, to have a cup of coffee and, and is doing well. I always like seeing guys that are, you know, day three picks undrafted come in and have an opportunity to take, take advantage of it. It's pretty oh,
1: cool. Absolutely. My the most impressive one for me, just because of who their opponent was, I, I guess, even though the defense sealed the win was Trevor Simeon and the Saints beating uh, the defending Super Bowl champ, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What a stunner that was. Jameis Winston, unfortunately, tore his ACL in that game, so he's going to be out for the season. And Taysom Hill was out with a concussion, so they've got their third-string guy, Trevor Simeon, who I automatically linked him to the Broncos and then looked him up, and I was like, wait a second. He's been with the Broncos since 2017. He's been with the Vikings, the Jets, the and the Titans, and now the Saints since then. I'm like, wow, those, those are some totally – there's a gap between, I guess, me realizing when the last time I heard the name Trevor Simeon was. Um, but, hey, he led the Saints on five scoring drives that included two touchdowns and three field goals, so – and you're able to beat you know Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, that to me was super impressive.
0: It's I think I saw a stat today. Sean Payton is two and four against or excuse me, four and two. Brady is two and four against Sean Payton, which is which oh, is wow. wild. And and Sean Payton and Bruce Arians, I mean, they went head to head last year. I think the Saints might have swept Tampa Bay. So I I feel like they're gonna be in the market for a quarterback this offseason, obviously, but just with the culture that they've established, the infrastructure of that team, like it would not surprise me at all if they're sniffing a wild a wild card spot at the end of the year. And I think that, I mean, Peyton has his flaws, but they are incredibly, incredibly resilient. I go back to that Week One victory against the Packers where they were like living on the road because of everything going on in New Orleans; their stadium was shut down.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, he, he's got to be in contention for Coach of the Year.
1: This is beside the point, and we'll get to the Cardinals, but. I do think that they should sign Cam Newton. Why would you not? Oh, I do too. Why would you not?
0: And just kind of run your Taysom Hill offense with a guy who, I don't know if his throwing arm's better, but he's just a much more refined player. Uh, I mean, who knows? Just Their offense to me is limited with Trevor Simeon, and Cam just brings a different dynamic. Totally agree.
1: And I don't think – I think Taysom Hill is – would be your guy, but I don't think Taysom Hill is worthy of that position either. So I definitely think it'd be interesting if they sign him and we'll see, you know, if that's the case, another thing that happened, uh, and I don't know if we just totally count the Seahawks out at this point, uh, still a little more than half the season. It's weird. This should be the halfway mark. Now it's like, it's. How do you even divide that? We're like, we're almost there. 17 is not an even number. It's weird. Anyway, It is weird.
0: I don't like it either.
1: <laughs> I hate it. Uh, Russell Wilson tweeted out that he got the pin removed from his finger. Uh, Boo. Ho- they're hoping for a week 10 return. He tweeted out, no, no more pin, time to win. Excited about that one. But there was a chance. I... We thought maybe he wouldn't. E- we wouldn't even see him back this year because of everything that was going on.
0: I was ignorant. I thought he was done. I thought he was like, I'm looking ahead to the offseason. I think when Pete Carroll came out and said, basically, I'm a huge loser fraud without Russell Wilson, Russell was probably like, yeah, I'll come back and play football this year. But um, who knows? I mean, DK Metcalf was talking about how well Geno Smith played yesterday. Maybe we can get a quarterback competition that can ship Russell out of town. But of (laughs) course, the Cardinals, (laughs) week 10. So we're in right now, week nine, uh, which means week 10 is... Uh, home against Arizona for Seattle, which is which is really fun.
1: Interesting, interesting. I, I could not even hate put the two together. It. I knew that that was that was the case, and I knew hang where on, we were at. I just never didn't even I, put that all together.
0: Okay, so I just lied. That's not true. I'm looking at the Seahawks schedule. They actually have a bye this weekend, but the point remains the same. The Cardinals should see oh, Russell Wilson
1: they play the pan. They play the Panthers next. Packers. No, the Uh, Arizona.
0: Yeah, Arizona does. Yeah. So regardless, November 21st, Cardinals are going to face Russell Wilson, which is still sucky, but he'll have been back for a week, assuming so.
1: All right. So we're looking ahead to the 49ers on Sunday. And like we said, the Panthers and then the Seahawks. But as far as this Sunday is concerned, Kyler got a little banged up at the end of Thursday's game, potentially a sprained ankle. Cliff said that he was a little sore on Friday and today said that he is day to day. So we could see some more backup quarterback play on this Sunday here in Arizona with Colt McCoy potentially having to step in.
0: I, I think it's the right move. I expect to see Colt McCoy against, or against Arizona against the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. I don't have inside information. I don't know that definitively. <laughs> I've gotten a, a couple of DMs, but if I had to bet right now, given the fact that they're seven and one, and even though they're coming off that loss, I think you you just have to play it safe because this is a long term play looking ahead to postseason football. If you trot out Kyler Murray, who's going to want to play, he's never missed a start in 40 games as a pro, if you're going to trot him out there at 75, 80% against a pass rush that has Nick Bosa and Armstead, D. Ford supposedly is coming back, Fred Warner, and your offensive line, let's face it, hasn't played well from a pass-protecting standpoint last couple weeks. I think you're just asking for trouble. I think you're asking for that injury to get re-injured to the point where he could miss four to six weeks. <laughs> and so as I'm saying this, <laughs> Newman wants to give his, his input. He's at, he's upset at me, Cherson, I'm sure, because he doesn't want to watch Colt McCourt play. Well, here, here Newman, I'm gonna, I'm going to push back. I do think that Colt McCoy can go on the road and get a win against Jimmy Garoppolo. The Niners are feeling themselves. McCoy looked tremendous in the preseason. He's perfect for this offense that wants to do three to five step drops quick. Um, uh, shotgun football, run the football effectively with Ch- Chase Edmonds, James Conner. It's not definitive yet. And I know Colt McCoy's on the right page of 35. I could see Colt McCoy going into San Francisco and, and getting a win. I'm not predicting it, but I do think it's interesting that Vegas has this game right now, two and a half point favorite for Arizona, where a lot of people yeah. think Kyler could miss the game. I think that speaks to their faith in Colt McCoy. I'm just saying.
1: Well, and, and Colt McCoy is a great backup quarterback. He's also, su- he's, you know, he's been in the league a long time. He's super intelligent. He's a great fit for this team in general. He's a guy that has helped Kyler tremendously this season um, by just being somebody that can. Uh, sort of put things into perspective for him and um, I think the team has a lot of confidence in in Colt McCoy and um, I agree I think you know they absolutely would be able to beat the Niners without him but here's what Cliff had to say about Colt and uh, their confidence if he does have to step in.
2: Uh, he'd be great uh, he approaches like you know like a starter he's here all day every day early stays late I mean, does all the stuff you want and he's been a tremendous addition and um so if, if kyler weren't able to to uh make it um you know we'd have all the confidence in the world in colt is it different for a quarterback in terms of how you're mentally trying to stay in it especially since so many other positions you can get them in at special teams or whatever and they can stay that way whereas if you're a backup quarterback you're probably not playing at all unless you're playing all the time Yeah, I think that that adds to it. Um, That's why the the really good backups in this league teams hold on to and pay a lot of money um, because to have a guy that can keep that focus, keep that level of preparation day in and day out, um, knowing there's a high likelihood he won't get in, that's hard to do.
1: All right, so that's what Cliff had to say about Colt. And he was also asked if Kyler's not, you know, he's, he's, he's okay to play, but he's not 100%. What Cliff will do if he'll try him out there anyway, or if they'll lean on the side of caution? And here's what he had to say to that:
2: In games where he wasn't able to really do, you know, his his entire repertoire, if you will, of of uh, you know, showcase his talents last year at times, um, you know, he was pretty banged up the previous year. I remember him playing that that Rams game with a uh, you know a hurt hamstring. Uh, so we'll see. We'll, we'll make sure that he's um, in a good position to play at a high level before we put him out there. That's for sure.
1: All right. Well, I would, if if I, and I think you agree with me, the season is too long. You still have, yeah. again, an awkward, because it's not exactly half, but you can't have an even number with this dang season. So you're about halfway through. Uh, you know, if Kyler has a sprained ankle or is dealing with something with his ankle, just go out there without him win the win the game without him you're plenty capable of doing so. don't make the injury any worse and then we'll see you the following week. that would be my opinion.
0: The right opinion is the one I' you know stumbled across I'm, I'm I'm gonna consistently go with that. I think it's telling I know this is like uh, kind of ridiculous but like Kyler Murray who's pretty active on social media like didn't post anything over the weekend. Nothing from Halloween, nothing like nothing his family from or hanging out.
1: Halloween? No.
0: And I, not that I was stalking him, but I'm like, well, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> I haven't seen anything. He's gone dark since the game on Thursday. Um,
1: well, he also and, might just be mourning that loss on national television that's true. with 20.4 million people watching.
0: Right. And throwing that interception at the end. Um, I, I think that maybe leads them to believe, I, I don't know. That, that's just me being dumb, reading too much into it. I, I'm with you. You have a backup quarterback for a reason. Dallas just did it with Dak Prescott. They're trying to be smart. Now, they have the benefit playing in a division that's super hot garbage. The Cardinals don't have that. And if they want to keep pace with the Rams, they have to seemingly win every week um, or at least almost every week. So I I do not think playing Colt McCoy, and a lot of fans will think this way, is punting on the game. I, I think yeah. they're in a, the best position they've been in to win games with a backup since Drew Stanton was taking snaps with Bruce Arians. Um, and I, I think this team weirdly plays better on the road right now. Uh, and and they are used to winning in San Francisco. Um, so I, I think it's the right play. I give Colt McCoy all the snaps this week. I just let Kyler hang out, get ready for Carolina the following Sunday. So, I mean, he's, he's ready for that game. And, and still Colt is the starter, so there's no confusion. I'm sure they want to keep the competitive advantage going. So San Francisco has to prepare for both quarterbacks. I get that. So they're not going to declare Kyler out yet. But – You've got Rondo Moore and Zach Ertz and Christian Kirk and A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins. All Colt has to do is facilitate, not turn the ball over. This defense is still nasty. I know they didn't play particularly well, but that's Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy Garoppolo is is a completely different animal. I'm just very fearful right now because Murray being limited, the Niners can rush the passer, and the Cardinal line, they have to play better. I think that's kind of the young, sung um, situation right now in terms of who's underperforming. The tackles have just been okay. Rodney Hudson has been out. It, does he return? Josh Jones hasn't been very good. That unit needs to play better. And until it does, I'm not trotting Kyler Murray out there at 75%. I'm just not.
1: Yeah, I agree. And Rodney Hudson and Max Garcia, they are still day-to-day uh, Cliff didn't have much of an update. He's hoping that they're going to be able to practice on Wednesday and getting pads on Thursday, but um, you know that's still up in the air as well. So if both of those guys are still out and you're you're you know down to your third string center, um, you mentioned that they might if if they do get both Ronnie and Max, Back, They might shuffle a little bit on the O-line and have both of them play and maybe take Josh Jones out. Uh, But if that's not the case and they're playing with the same offensive line they played with last week, I would say that's another reason why I wouldn't roll Kyler out there as well.
0: Totally agree. All
1: right, well, the trade deadline is tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. But already a big blockbuster trade happened today involving a team from the NFC West, Von Miller to the Rams for a second and third round pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, and it that's that's a big one, Johnny. But you seem to think yeah. that the Broncos were on the winning side of this.
0: Well, I think you know, as a future you know pick is concerned, or picks, they got a second and a third for a guy who's not a part of their future. He's 32 years old. He's been injured. Um, the Rams acquired him for the stretch run. They could probably limit his snaps during the regular season and just let him tee off in the playoffs next to Aaron Donald. Uh, and for them, I think it just fits their narrative. It's what they do. They take big swings. They don't always work out, but I, I, you know, if you're a fan of the team, you have to applaud that. But as far as the Broncos are concerned, next year's quarterback class is iffy and, and they're going to be picking probably in the middle of the first round. So you need to acquire as much ammo as you can to get up and get a signal caller. And and their quarterback room is, you know, very below average. And so to, to get up and be major players in the, in the top 10, you got to have the ammo. And so they get a second and a third. It's the kind of trade I wish the Cardinals had done once upon a time with Patrick Peterson, when they were clearly rebuilding back in 2018. Um, a lot of people may not know the Philadelphia Eagles came calling. They, they seemingly offered a first round pick pl- uh, plus some for Patrick Peterson, the Cardinals declined. Um, and so, you know, kudos for the Broncos. They knew how to step away from a legendary player to still get value Um, probably past due because the team thought that they could come in and win this season with defense and running the football. And that's not the NFL anymore. So um, really for the Rams at the end of the day, the Cardinals were going to be in a dogfight with them anyway. And so does this move change a lot? I don't know. Um, He's not an elite player anymore. He, He was drafted in 2011, just like Peterson was most of those players from that draft class, Cam Newton, Uh, really AJ Green is one of the few and Julio Jones that are still kind of hanging on but Jones is injured you know Geno Atkins once upon a time um, or Gerald McCoy I should say he I think he's out of football Uh, this could be it for Vaughn and so he's trying to pursue a championship again he won that one back uh, with Denver I think in 2015 2016 so uh, it if you're if you're the Rams they don't have a pick in until the fifth round next year's draft and they don't seem to mind it so I don't think it puts increased pressure on Steve Kyman. A lot of people have been asking us that, Cheerson. I mean, the guy just went out and got Zach Ertz for a fifth round pick. And with all due respect, Tay Gowan, a developmental corner. Um, I think he's done more than enough. If the, if Watts still healthy, this this team is probably the best roster, if not, you know, top three in the NFL. And I still think they're very good, but I, I don't I don't know what move there is to be made if you're the Cardinals at this
1: point. Well for the Rams' sake, they're not worried about next year's draft because they're trying to win now. And Mm -hmm. I think this will be interesting to see how it all unfolds for Von Miller, who, by the way, is back in number 40, the number that he wore in college uh, because 58 was already taken. But he has had um, four and a half sacks, 19 tackles and nine quarterback hits this year. In his career, and he might not be the same, you know, in his prime anymore, though, he's had seven double-digit sack seasons, three all-pro selections, and eight Pro Bowl appearances. I mean, the guy is a stud, and sometimes, you know, as long as he can stay healthy, because that's a concern with him, as long as he can stay healthy, you know, they only really need him. I mean, they want want to produce this year. So Mm -hmm. does Von Miller... I mean, he's already had you know a great start to this season. Does he have enough gas in the tank to be re-energized by joining a new team, a Super Bowl contender? Jersey change, scene change, one more, one last chance to get a, another Super Bowl ring. And um, you know, he's not. I mean, he still has plenty left in the tank, in my opinion. And so, this could be. Turn out to be something that doesn't move the needle much, or all of a sudden we see Von Miller give his all in his last hurrah and really make a difference for the Rams, which could be scary.
0: There's just there's so well Coach Cheerson. it pains me to say this. Sean McVay, his staff, they're elite of what they do. And I have no reason to doubt that it's gonna work. To what effect, I I don't know. Um, I think it's it's considered kind of a bust move if they if they don't at least get to the Super Bowl. That's what you're they're telling us. They want to secure home right. field advantage and they want to go back to the Super Bowl and inevitably win it this time. Uh, unlike last time when they lost with Jared Goff when they couldn't score points. So uh, I just you can't you can't doubt this coach and this general manager less need combination at this point. I, I keep saying that the lack of draft capital, the the bloated contracts and egos is going to get to them at, at some point. It hasn't yet. So There's no reason for me to think otherwise. I mean, you think about, these are the players that they've acquired just offhand. Brandon Cooks, um, Matthew Stafford, uh, they drafted Aaron Donald, but Jalen Ramsey, um, and now um, Von Miller. I'm sure there are other guys I'm I'm not even considering, but they go for it. That's fun to see. Thankfully for the Cardinals, your general manager isn't one to sit on his hands. I think he's put together a playoff-level roster. I do think that in a, in a head-to-head matchup when Kyler Murray is healthy, you've got the superior quarterback, so that should give you an edge. But, yeah, McVay, he's a, he's a crafty fella. We'll, we'll have to wait and see what what holds for that team, but I think they'll be pretty good.
1: All right, as far as the Cardinals are concerned, I think before the return of Jordan Phillips, we were all screaming for Steve Kime to go after a defensive tackle. And then uh, the, the other storyline is, is Andy Isabella. What can the Cardinals get for a guy who's definitely not going to be a part of their future, um, you know, has potential because of his speed, but uh, what can the Cardinals get for him is a, a whole different situation. So for you, what would be the best case scenario for the Cardinals if they were to make a move by tomorrow's trade deadline?
0: Well, it's very uh, appropriate, shameless plug. Go phnx.com. I wrote an article about Andy Isabella and the, and the kind of the turn that Steve Keim has, has made. Uh, and so I won't give too much away because I want everybody to go out and read that. But I will say, Cheerson, I think the best case scenario, and this is going to disappoint some folks uh, or maybe not, maybe they understand the, the game that's being played here. But I think best case is probably like a fifth round pick. Uh, Andy is, is not overly expensive in terms of, you know, most cap hits. He is expensive for a guy who's not playing on the Cardinals, uh, but I think he's like a cap hit of just under $2 million for each of the next two years. And that also helps that he's cost controlled. Um, So you're not dealing for a rental. It's a guy you could have in your system for 18 months and see if he fits your culture and you can make something out of a player that went 62nd overall. So I think at best you're getting a fifth round pick. Uh, I would be more, I don't know, keen on looking for a player that could help this year somebody that's a rotational defensive player, you're not going to get probably a starting guard for Andy Isabella. Teams just don't give up offensive linemen during the season. They're just so valuable. So if you're looking to upgrade over Josh Jones, probably just going to have to go with what you have in Max Garcia once he's healthy. But I mean, they could absolutely go out and get a rotational corner. You know, I I don't have a name for anybody, but somebody that can come in and and help out with uh, Marco Wilson, Robert Alford, Byron Murphy, or you know, best case scenario, a rotational defensive lineman that can get some interior pressure. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, there are no teams right now that I would say are the front runner. Everybody wants to compare him to Wes Welker and Julian Edelman. So why isn't New England a fit? He's from the East Coast, Massachusetts area. And I do think Belichick would like to have would like to have Andy Isabel on his team. And Steve and, and Bill Belichick have a relationship, of course, trading for Chandler Jones once upon a time. So if, if that's, if, if I had to kind of, you know, peg it, uh, likely or not, I would say if it does happen, maybe it'll be new England as the front runner. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we just don't know what, what we do know is multiple reputable reporters, Sherson, um, Albert Breer Ian Rappaport have said like Cardinals are taking calls on him and they took calls on him this past spring. And kind probably wanted to wait and see what he had in his current group of receivers and, after thursday night when antoine wesley is playing over him and he's an active that being andy he's six on the depth chart so it's like he's not really helping you now even if somebody like hopkins or aging green goes down they've got other guys to supplement they've got zach Ertz now in the fold i just think that if you can get something for him and he's not wasting a roster spot and he's costing you some money go out and do it and i have no reason to doubt kime being aggressive at this point So if I had, if I had to say if he gets moved or not, I'll say like 51% he does 49%. He doesn't.
1: Yeah. Andy is one of those guys that you just cheer for because he is just a nice, humble, really hardworking guy. I've heard from multiple people that he's literally the most studious, uh, and hardworking in that area where he's. He stays late, always studying, always trying to get better. Uh, he does things the right way. I always defend him whenever anybody on the show likes to talk talk bad about Andy Isabella. Uh, it's I all from
0: a football guy. standpoint, I promise. <laughs> I'm sure he's a good guy.
1: Um, but if Steve Time is able to work some of his magic and get, you know, any guy that's going to be able to help add some depth to the, on defense, whether it's up front or in the secondary, for uh, for Andy and you know a late round pick of some sort, I would say absolutely go for it. They yeah. could definitely still use some depth at corner. They could use some depth up front. Um, So I mean, they're definitely Kyle Fuller is a is a name. I don't know. You know, these are just names that are being. Thrown around, and if anybody's ever been in the industry long enough to know, when it comes to trade talks or coaching changes, yeah, uh, or anything like that, a lot of times r- names get thrown out there that there's zero th- chance that you know they're actually going to be traded or involved in a trade or whatever. So, uh, again, th- these are just names that that are being thrown out there, but for sure, Broncos Corner. Uh, Kyle Fuller has been uh, one guy that a lot of fans and some, some media outlets are uh, speaking about. Um, Melvin Ingram uh, is another guy, a stealer who doesn't want to be a Steeler anymore, is another guy that's being thrown out there. I think there are several really solid defensive players, or at least a couple of them, that no longer want to be on their team. And if you yeah. can find a guy in a situation like that, where you can kind of work your Steve Kai magic and, you know, work a trade for a guy that no longer, you know, wants to be where he's at. Um, that would be interesting.
0: Melvin Ingram is an interesting name. It's somebody that I would absolutely be open to, but, and I know that Pittsburgh sounds like they're going to deal him. They just don't want to deal him in the AFC. I know Kansas city made an offer and they're like, no, mm-hmm. he's, he's going to go to the NFC. He, he wouldn't start for the Cardinals is the is the frustrating part, I think, for him because they have Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden, and, and Kennard's been playing better as of late. Could you convince him to say, you're going to be a rotational piece, but we're going to maximize your efficiency. We're going to let you pin your ears back on third down um, because I think that you can never have too much pass rush, and right now kind of the elephant in the room is you know, where, where the hell is Chandler Jones and, and his pass rushing ability since week one. So you can bring in a guy that he's not having a great season. He's 32 years old, but historically can get after the quarterback a little bit. I, I think that, that that's not a bad thing for this team. Well, I I do think that the the more needy position right now is interior defensive tackle, that can also rush. But those guys are, are few and far between. I know a lot of people want to speculate about Fletcher Cox. I don't think Philadelphia w- wouldn't listen to offers, but this is not a situation in which Ertz was unique in that they had Dallas Goddard. He's a free agent at the end of the year, and they wanted to do right by him. And, you know, Kime made a, a, a sweet deal. They had contact, you know, for the last six months. That had been a while in the making. And you just, you need defensive linemen. Tight ends kind of a luxury position anyway. So I think to, to get that deal done, first of all, Philadelphia would have to take on a massive dead cap hit. So mm-hmm. for them to have an appetite to do that, I think to get Fletcher Cox, albeit, I believe, in a contract year and he's over 30, that conversation would have to start with your third-round pick. And if you've seen Fletcher Cox play this year, I'm not sure that that's worth it. But then again, I don't think I don't think Von Miller's worth what the L.A. Rams just paid. I certainly don't. But they paid it in hopes that in their culture he can recap his magic. So who knows? I don't think it's likely just because – I mean, I don't think Philadelphia has the real appetite to trade him right now, especially after a win last week.
1: Well, I will say another name that's being thrown out there. Broncos defensive tackle Shelby Harris, who has two sacks, five tackles for loss, four quarterback hits this season. Uh, He's a veteran and brings just a $1 million cap hit with him this year. Although he has five mil guaranteed next year. So that would be, um, that would be interesting, but that D de- D tackle. And, uh, the Broncos are on a rebuilding stage. So looking to acquire some draft picks, um, some pieces that they can build around in the future. Again, I don't know. A lot of, I, I look at all these names. This is a situation though, that if you would have told me that we would have gotten Zach Ertz or a guy like JJ Watt, I would have been like, I mean, that's in theory, that sounds good. Could, could they get it done? I mean, there's a lot of names that are, and, and Steve Kahn has found a way to get it done. There's a lot of names that, um, There's nobody that's like super super exciting. This would definitely mean if the if the Cardinals got him that they'd be a Super Bowl winner, you know, come February. And then I look at all these situations too, whether it's, you know, would what do the Cardinals have to give? And then what, you know, cap space and and what they're they're able and willing to do in terms of taking on salaries. Um, there's just not one to me that I look out, look at, and it stands out to me like, oh, this is this is the deal. This is the one.
0: Harris is an interesting name that I hadn't heard mentioned yet, but that would be something I think that Kyle would have an appetite for because he is on a contract next year, so he's not a rental. Uh, it's not just because he went to my alma mater in Illinois State, but he also played sure? under Vance Joseph. Yeah. Played under Vance Joseph. Uh why does it say? Yeah, Vance Joseph, he played four back in two thousand seven, two thousand eighteen. Hit five and a half sacks. Last year, Shelby Harris had only two and a half sacks, but he he had eleven quarterback hits. So um he can get after the quarterback from the inside. So that, that would be an interesting name. That's why I it's said it, Johnny. You wanted you yes. wanted that
1: interior lineman. There you go. Shelby Harris.
0: I appreciate I see Cheerson's got, got got me <laughs> going now. I'm excited about a potential Shelby Harris edition. I I do think that, that's the kind of move that, that we could see tomorrow if, if one happens. That would make a lot of sense.
1: Well, uh, unfortunately, I don't think there is any way to place a bet on a player that the Cardinals might acquire, but there's plenty of other things that you can bet on if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you're doing it for the first time, make sure you use the code PHNX. And throughout the week, we will talk more about some bets that could possibly uh, be good to place your money on. Um, We always like our same game parlays here because if you combine multiple bets from the same game, you're always going to get a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. And best of all about DraftKings, it is safe, secure, and reliable. And you can download, uh, deposit rather, and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All right. Uh, so we will be standing by here at PHNX Cardinals from, I guess, now until tomorrow afternoon to uh, keep our eyes on the trade deadline and any potential moves. But um, for now, to wrap things up, some some interesting uh Interesting stats here in the betting world. Josh Allen, Bills quarterback, is now the favorite to win MVP. There was a point in time when that was Kyler Murray. Josh Allen is uh, plus two hundred and fifty, while Stafford, Brady, and Murray are all at plus six hundred. Ah,
0: oh, man. As much as I hate to say it, I, I think Stafford to me is is the smartest bet right now. Uh, he looks more comfortable by the week. I'm starting to think that that performance against the Cardinals, not taking anything away from the Cardinals, was kind of an outlier performance. He was like skipping balls that day. I, I saw something today that's interesting, not to get off topic, but could you imagine if Stafford <laughs> wins the MVP? And who knows what they're going to do in the postseason, but he puts together an MVP performance this year for the Rams, and the Lions go 0 17. If you're a Lions fan, I I don't know how you how you move on with with which you can
1: also bet on as I was going through the sports book app. You can bet on whether or not they're going to win a game or uh, go undefeated or uh, do not win or not going to win a single game. And then you can also bet on who their first win is going to be against.
0: Oh, fancy. What's the spread right now for them to go winless? Do you know you have that in front of you?
1: Uh, I don't have that in front of me, but if you okay, want to we'll continue to and give me up. your thoughts on, on m- more on that, uh, the, the the odds to win MVP, I can look it up.
0: Yes, please. Cause I want that information. So Brady's at plus 600. I would say he was going to be my front runner before uh, that interception return for a touchdown against the saints the other day. He still will end up with um, 50 plus touchdowns, which is insane. Given his age, Kyler to me, I like, I, I know this is kind of like taboo to say like, he doesn't care about the MVP. So why should I, I think it's cool, but how many MVPs did Steve mash win in Phoenix and they, and they never even got to an NBA finals Kyler Murray's about winning. It's about the long-term play, which is why I think it just speaks to this weekend where you don't play him against division rival. Who's got a pass rush. This is, this is about getting to the postseason and being healthy. Who cares about the MVP? If you're getting bounced in the first round and you're compromised and this, that, and the other. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do think, unfortunately, Stafford and the Rams are just going to keep rattling off wins, especially as they load up the roster with former pro bowlers like Von Miller. But you do have a note here that that the cards Rams Cowboys and bucks are all tied at plus 500 to win the most games this year. I think that's interesting that the Cardinals haven't been buried yet considering they lost a game. God forbid they lose a game to a team like the Packers. I think it's also interesting that the Packers aren't first on that list. You know what the were the Packers like in the next tier, or were they above those teams?
1: Um, that Packers are plus six hundred. So wow, it was
0: that's surprising.
1: Bills plus five fifty, and then the Packers.
0: <sighs> hmm. I like the one thing I look at that like Cards and Rams. Like, say what you want about Seattle and San Francisco. Like, those are divisional games that are always difficult. The Packers get to play Detroit, I think, one more time. The Bears again and the Vikings. I mean, like, that's such a cakewalk, maybe even more so than what the Cowboys have in the in the NFC East. We've seen the Bucs have trouble with the Saints in their own division. I just the unfortunate part about that loss on Thursday, I, I really think it cements the fact that the, the playoffs are gonna go through Lambeau field. I, I just I don't know how they don't get home field. They're they're too good. They went they win under the floor like 75 plus percent of their games and their division is such garbage I, I i think they get to like maybe like 15 wins i don't know if they lose more than one more game the rest of the year
1: i got what you were asking for all right okay. so it's a season special and you can bet uh so it's minus 650 the line for the lions to win a game and it's plus 450 the lions to go oh and 17
0: plus 450 is is not that high that that's telling me that vegas feels like there's a a pretty decent chance the lions lose out looking at their schedule
1: the best odds for uh, best odds to be the team that they beat first is the chicago bears
0: and that's this weekend
1: yeah followed by the Steelers.
0: I mean, the Jets beat the Rams last year. I thought they were for sure going to go winless. The Lions just don't have good players. Like, I think, like, even when you're terrible, you have, like, two or three guys that everybody knows, and they're, like, respected around the NFL. If you have a minute tonight, you're killing time, because I don't have a life. I look, I look at these <laughs> things. Look at, the, look at the receiving core for the Detroit Lions. Khalif Raymond, Amon Saint Brown, Kadero Hodge are their top three receivers. I don't know how that happens in the NFL in the year 2021. And then their defensive personnel is is just as mediocre to, to god awful. So I like Dan Campbell. It's the sucky part of it. I think he's good motivator and I like think he's a genuine human human being. But like
1: I you're think I right. meant Amon Ra St. Brown.
0: What did I say?
1: <laughs> Amon Ross. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh god, that's bad. Maybe edit that. <laughs>
1: no, that's keep it Johnny.
0: Oh man, Amon, Amon, like Amon Rashad. All right, my bad. Who the That I see, I shouldn't be ripping on other teams for that reason alone. I got, I got burned. And on that note, cheers Follow PhNX.
1: I'm not done laughing. you got to give me my time to
0: laugh. <laughs> Amon. Maybe the Cardinals are trade for Amon. Amon. You <laughs> oh went to goodness. USC. Oh, yeah, you went to USC. Gosh darn it. <laughs> God bless it. On that note, I get to close this out today because my partner is in tears because... I- I can't read, Um, even though I was an English minor. Uh, follow us on PHNX YouTube page. Subscribe. Become a member on gophnx.com. Uh, to Cheerson's point, we are not in studio tomorrow. We're going to have a live show remote, so it'll be fun to see if Frank's able to set up his equipment. If not, we can laugh at him, just like Cheerson's laughing at me right now. But Cheerson, any final thoughts?
1: No, I think we covered everything. I'll see, see you guys tomorrow.
0: tomorrow.